What's up, everybody? Parked in Turn One is back again. Bo, how have you been? What's going on in your life, brother? <laughs> I'm doing all right, Jason. Uh, it's been. Uh, I'm trying to get back in the gym this week, so that's been something that I'm working on. Um, trying to get back mm. up to speed with everything. What about you? Well, I drove past the gym. Does that count? Something. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, honestly, man. Um, I, it's a short week for me getting ready to go tomorrow over to CMP to ride for three days. Um, the weather forecast looks pretty good, so I'm excited. And uh, give a good way to you know uh, end the season, get some good laps, work on some things, and uh, pack it up for the winter. Yeah, man, that sounds like a good plan. Um, definitely try to keep it shiny, you know. Um, oh, that's that's always rule number one, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think honestly, that's, that's something I've, I've just this year, no matter what else happened was keep it shiny. That that's the thing. Like I, that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep it shiny. So (laughs) I think, uh, I think that's the goal for sure. You know, um, we'll turn some fast laps. Nick and I'll be there. Our, Our friend, handsome John will be out there on Friday. Um, and we'll have a good time. It'll be fun. But, uh, you know, this past weekend, we had some good racing going. Um, back to Portimao, the Algarve GP. Um, you know, again, terrifying track, it looks like, but also the kind of good scared. It's like being on a roller coaster. Now, um, they have, some people have coined that track, the roller coaster. I don't know how I feel about that nickname. It's not actually a roller coaster, but I can tell you, it is for sure technical, and I would love a crack at it. I mean, having seen it again this year, Bo, what do you think? I mean, I'm definitely right there with you. I would love to ride around it. Um, I, I'm sure that us riding around it at the pace that we would be riding around it might not be quite roller coaster esque, but you know, the speeds that the guys in a GP class are running, um, it's definitely going to be holding on for dear life, I would imagine. But, yeah, uh, there's no doubt. There's yeah, no like doubt you're saying, it, I mean, would. it would be a track that, you know, kind of one of those bucket list tracks, you know, it's just so iconic. Yeah. And, and the, the elevation yep. changes, just the, 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 the world-class yep. facility about it. Um, no, it was something I would love to uh, turn some laps on, on any bike. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's just another example of a European track that is just, uh, it's, it's just a special place. Uh, I'm sure the people of Portugal think of it as just their track, but for us, it's kind of one of those things. You're right. It's like a bucket list. I'm sure for them coming over and seeing like maybe Laguna Seca or Coda would be on their bucket list, but it, it is definitely a place that I hope to visit, um, before I leave this earth. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess all there is to it is to do it right. You just put the money down and go. Yeah, man, let's go. But, uh, Hey, listen, it's only money, right? Um, But, you know, let's talk a little bit about the Moto3 race. In this race, we crowned a Moto3 champion in Pedro Acosta, so congratulations to him. Um, You know, he finishes on the – he he wins the race for his first race win in quite some time, and I I was just really impressed with – him in the early laps. I mean, Afagia in the early laps looked really good too, but Acosta really was on it. Um, he really, really was. And I was, 
I was just really glad to see that the pressure didn't get to him and we might be treated to a good race in those early laps. What were you thinking? No, he definitely, uh, you know, started 12th on the grid, or excuse me, 14th on the grid. So, you know, he didn't have the best start or the best uh, qualifying, but he kept his powder dry for most of the race. You know, immediately after lap two, he was back up into, he was already up into sixth place, you know, worked his way up into second for a while and then just kind of sat there for a bit and then, you know, got shuffled back to, uh, the sixth, but you know he didn't get upset. He he pushed his way back up to the front, and uh, you know had a good battle there with Fodge there at the end. So I think it was a really class ride from Pedro Acosta, and it was a really really big kind of staple to, uh, to to come out and win this race and win the championship in style. You know, um, of course Fabio in the GP class at Misano won the uh, the MotoGP championship. You know, with a fourth place. And uh, you know it did, but 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 uh, excuse me, Costa. Costa came out and and definitely, you know, kind of was a class above the yeah. rest and wanted to put it on the yeah. top step of the podium and bring home the trophy for Akiyo too. So, um, absolutely. Well, he surely did it. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. We we we'll talk about what happened in the race, kind of there on the last lap. But uh, let's talk about you know, Pedro won the race. Pedro Costa won it. Andre Amino finished in second. And Nicolo Antonelli finishes third. So this just continues the run for those two guys um, in the second half of the season. They they really have kind of found their feet and found the good setting with the bike to start with. And both of them have been pretty, pretty solid throughout the second half of the, the season. So that was really good to see. Now, of course, um, what happened on the last lap with Bender hitting Fagia which caused Sergio Garcia to crash. Sergio Garcia came back with a vengeance. He was running a fantastic race after missing the previous two races. Um, and I was it was good to see Sergio right back on it right from the gun. Yeah, I mean he you know he qualified on pole, so I mean he was definitely up front you know for a lot of the race and, and really showed these guys you know I'm coming back, I'm here. Um, you know, like you had said, after missed a couple of races with that injury, and it's still not completely, uh, completely healed no. up. I think you know, I'm sure there's right. still going to be some pain there. You know, and I, you and I both know how those soft tissue injuries kind of hurt. You know, Ugh. for a long time. Um, Unsubscribe. But, you know, he's still yep. young and still resilient, so he's going to heal up faster than you or I would. Um, but uh, yep, no, for to sure. your point, you know, he was quick all weekend long, and and it, it, he might have missed the last couple of rounds, but he definitely hasn't lost any speed whatsoever. Right. Well, you know, I, I really I really hate that his race ended that way because it wasn't his fault. Um, but let's talk about Fagia for a minute, you know, before we get to the other two guys. Fagia was, again, on form, running a brilliant race. And, you know, Bender tried to make an aggressive move. I, I do feel, I've watched it a number of times, I feel like it was too aggressive and too ambitious. I, I don't think it was a smart choice on the move. I, I don't think he could have made it and made it stick. Um, but I also think that a number of things had to happen for yeah. Fagia to be where he was. Well, even uh, Pedro, yeah. right. Pedro Costa goes up under Fagia, which causes Fagia to pick it up. And now he's wide and breaking harder than normal, so he's not out of the way. Bender, 
obviously can't ride for those guys, didn't know what that was going to do, what was happening in front of him. All he knew was he wanted to get in front of Sergio Garcia. And I, again, I do believe it was a bit ambitious. I, I really don't think he was going to make that stick. But um, unfortunately, it turned into a, a, a championship-deciding incident. And for Fagia, I, I, I hate it. That's, that really, really sucks to get um, your world championship title chase knocked off by that i mean pedro might have won that race and we would be all it'd be all for naught but you never know and you would have liked to been able to see fagia see the checkered flag yeah i I mean like you said you know it sucks that um that sergio garcia and and excuse me dennis fagia's race ended like that because you don't want to see that uh but i think there is more to peel back with that situation It, it wasn't just in that singular turn you know, that's not where, where this all kind of started to set into motion. You know, there were a lot of things that happened to lead up to that moment. Um, and I'm speaking directly to Jamie Masia at this moment because Jamie Masia lost the, uh, lost the front end going into turn five and just about wiped out Bender. You know, and that shuffled Bender back. Bender was running at the at close to the front of the pack this entire race. You know, he really had a lot of speed this weekend on Sunday. And he looked very, very strong to me, to be completely honest with you. I think that he was having a lot of issues trying to get past Foggia in a straight line, simply because we've seen that Leopard bike is just a fast bike in a straight line all season long. It really, Bender yeah, even all get season long, yeah, to, absolutely. To, to pass him in the, in the draft. So I think Bender had the edge from turn, turn, turn three on, you know, because even Bender, I think, coming up into turn uh, – uh, the the right handed turn when they crest the hill after the the big downhill section, it, you know Bender was uh, five? up. I thought uh, not. Oh not no, five. that's a left hander. Like seven, nine, maybe, seven, like that. maybe. Uh, yeah, okay, all right. Um, you know when Bender was coming through that corner, um, in those right handed corners, I think he took a really tight line the entire race. He was holding a tighter line than any other rider out there, and he was still you know be able to keep up with Foggia, and, and it, he wasn't roasting his tires. Um, so to me that, that showed that Bender had speed, you know, if there was some way he could have gotten past Foggia at the, in the beginning stages of these, this, this track, you know, he might've been able to put a little bit of a gap between him. But again, we've sent, we saw just how much this entire group ebb and flowed all race long. Um, you know, I think four guys actually broke out at the beginning of the race. They put a gap between them and then we saw that gap completely disappear. So Again, yeah, the slipstream of that. Moto Three, it, it, it's it's huge, and it makes a huge difference with these guys. Um, but, but all that to say, I, I do agree that Bender, um, it was an ambitious move. Um, I think that it was a a move that Bender made because he knew he had the speed all race long, and he got shuffled back after the near crash um, when Massey hit him. So he was trying to get back to where he knew he should have been or thought should he, he should have been. Um, unfortunately, like you'd said, you know, Pedro Costa put the move on Faggio as he was putting the move on Sergio Garcia. We know Sergio Garcia is a demon on the brakes too. Um, and it just ended the way that it ended, you know, and th- yeah. this, this brings yeah. up another conversation that, that um, about the penalty, you know, that was assessed to Darren Bender. 
So I don't know if you want to get into that now or if we're going to, you know, come back to yeah, that. Yeah, no, let's, well, well, uh, let's, we'll talk about it after we, we do laud both Antonelli and Mino for running great races, respectively. You know, to your point, you talked about when Foggia actually put a gap on everybody about seven-tenths of a second there early on. Um, and then, of course, they did catch him. In the, on the second lap, did you see that move, Pedro Acosta, when he went around the outside in uh, turn two? Yes, um, I did, yeah. Woo, my goodness. I thought That's this dude, too. yeah, I, I when he started going out there, I, I clenched up. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> what's he doing? And he did it and did it like he knew it was going to work. Um, evidently they put a special set of match tires on there. That was a days of thunder around the outside. I mean, it was, it was, it was ambitious, but man, it, he looked so easy doing it. And I thought, okay. And when he made that move, I thought, okay, he, he's going to figure in this race. If he doesn't crash, he, he is serious today. And, right. and he was, and he did great. Um, but you know, Ben, uh, Mino and Antonelli were in the group that had to catch Foggia, and then they were in the group that broke away. Um, and I, I'm i telling you, man, both of those guys, the second half of the year, if they wouldn't have had such horrendous begin, Mino had a target on him and a magnet, evidently. I mean, that poor guy yeah. had some terrible luck this year. But, you know, Antonelli got hurt and missed a lot, you know, couldn't run at full speed. Um, but man, now that they're both good, they both really look good. And, uh, you know, it just, it just goes to show you how fickle motorcycle racing can be. Right. Uh, it just, I mean, think about Foggia's first half of the year. He was a disaster. And the second half of the year, the same thing, just a demon. And, um, you know, all credit to those guys for sticking with it and having their season come good and getting some really good results in at the end of the year. So it's not just a complete throwaway of a year. I I, I, that, I give them a lot of credit. That takes a lot of mental fortitude and and some real guts to keep plugging when it's not going well, right? So yeah. um, I, I just want I want to mention those guys because obviously the big story is that Acosta's the world champ and the thing the 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 FIM's decision on Bender, but lost and all that was a really good race run by those two guys. No, I completely agree. You know, uh, like you had said, you know, Andrea Mino. He's definitely got the Bad Luck Brian Award for this year. You know, he's got wiped out a few times. He's had some crashes and races, made some mistakes. Um, but for him to bounce back, you know, bring home a second place for the, the VR46 Academy and just stick it out, um, you know, class rider and, and more more credit to him from being able to do that. Same thing with Antonelli. You know, Antonelli looked really, really strong at Silverstone. He followed Fanati for a while and then just kind of dropped off. But, um I was really hoping that Fana that uh, be, uh, excuse me Antonelli was going to be able to take it to Fanati in that race and really really challenge for that uh, that top spot. But uh, it, you know if these guys can carry this momentum into uh, Valencia, I think it's going to be a really exciting race in Valencia. Something mm -hmm. about um, that last race and that in Valencia always just it's always special it's always got something special you know and it's 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 an exciting weekend for me uh, to draw to a close well, the season it it's it's kind of in a bowl right it's a different setting than any other track on the calendar with the stands almost everywhere right like it's yeah it's it's different but 
but by and large, I think that track is garbage. Like, I think the environment's cool, but that is not on my bucket list, like, to ride there. Like, I don't, there's a couple of turns that are really cool. Like, the stadium section, I think, is amazing because there's nothing else like that, right? Like, there's nowhere else that has a stadium section like that. Right. And that's really cool. Uh, And I think probably around the track is really cool. I don't know. Obviously, never been. But... The track itself, as I look at it and watch races there, I'm like, meh, whatever. It definitely doesn't evoke anything like Portimao or uh, uh, what's another one? Uh, or Mugello or the Red Bull Ring. It doesn't evoke, or even Bruno that they didn't run this year. You know, it doesn't evoke any of those feelings for me like, ooh, that would be really cool to do that, right? Like, I don't, I don't feel that at all about Ricardo Tormo, but... At the same time, it is super cool that it's in kind of a total stadium kind of setting, and you don't get that anywhere else. That it, it is, it's it's almost like a NASCAR race, but with a road course. Yeah, and I that's think really part cool. of the I think part of the nostalgia, the uh, uh, the uh, what gets me about it, you know, is the sentimental factor from 2006. You know, it's a that that nostalgia of Nicky Hayden where he won the championship for the U.S. It just, sure. You know, maybe that's what part of it is for me. Um, I think it for me it is a track that I would love to ride too. Um, you know, well, we to, would like to ride any new track. Yeah, let's be yeah, honest, we, we can, like new tracks. It's true, but but the stadium section is phenomenal. I, I I would love, man, if I could ride that with those stands full, that would be, oh, that would be amazing. But yeah, but let's. We, we jump forward to the state. I started talking about Ricardo Tormo circuit. Let's talk about Acosta. He wins the world championship. He is the first rookie champion since Caparossi in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he really came out of the gate this year and just was on fire. He stumbled a little bit in the middle of the year, um, but not terribly. just wasn't winning and on the podium very often. Um, and then, you know, when it counted, when he needed to be the guy, he was the guy. Um, and all credit to him because I don't know if it really matters how you win the world championship. I think it just matters that you win it, (laughs) but he, he definitely earned this world championship and hats off to him. And he, he did some things that we may not see again for a long time. We'll see. Yeah, you know, you made the comment that he, you know, made some mistakes, kind of slumped toward in the middle of the season. Um, he, he didn't have any uh, catastrophic events happen. You know what I mean? He had a couple, no. of, uh, at least one DNF, and I can remember the one in Aragon. Um, yep. Yeah. And you know, a couple. But poor Sergio finishes. crashed too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. A couple of poor finishes. Um, but but this entire season, to me, what that shows is Pedro Costa really has grown a lot just in a single season um like you said to be able to come back and to beat the guy and to to bring it home to finish it to you know to kind of buckle down when you've got some some rain clouds that are over top of you and to not get down just to keep going out doing your job do what you need to do and bring the bike home get good points stay in front of that championship rival if you know you've got that big lead you know Foggia closed in at the end of the season and I think Foggia if if we'd have gotten rid of his dad earlier in the paddock throughout the season uh, this championship mm-hmm. could have been wide open, yeah. you know, as it yeah, already I, was wide open the last two races. And, um, it, you know, unfortunately it ended the way that it did, 
But Acosta was just there from the get-go, and Acosta did exactly what he needed to do at the beginning of the season. Um, found a lot of success at the beginning of the season. Had a lot of momentum in some of these races and rode that wave as long as he could until he started to hit those those tough times. And I think that's really where Akiyo and that team came into into play. Coached him through that, you know. Told him, you, you know, it's 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 okay. You're gonna keep moving through it. But you know, I I think I, I, he doesn't have anything else to prove in Moto Three. He didn't. I I still think that if Foggia had won this championship, um. I'm still not, I still don't think Pedro Acosta would have had anything else to prove in Moto Three. Yeah, I, I think, I think, um, I think you might be right. I really do. I, I think he is definitely. I was watching his stature during the weekend because you had mentioned he had gotten big. He definitely does look bigger. Like he's grown a little bit. Um, so I think moving to the bigger bike might be the answer. But I, I also think that there was something else going on with the tire or the bike in the middle of the year, especially the rear, because you've mentioned before, and you're absolutely right, that he was having a lot of moments on the rear through the middle of the year, like coming out of corners and he would just, it would just spin up. Um, and I don't know if it's because they couldn't adapt to one tire or the other, or his riding style just wasn't working with that particular tire and the how it's construction but something was off and we may never know what that was and it we could just be it could just be chalked up to being a 17 year old right i mean it could be um but it's really hard uh as a 17 year old to stay focused at all much less to win a world championship when everybody's telling you how good you are yeah. You start to believe it. I mean, you're 17 yep. years old. You have no idea how to deal with that. And I think there was a little bit of all that, maybe. I think there was a little bit. There were some problems on the bike. There was some problems. You know, he was believing the hype. and But it, through it all, he shut it down. He locked it up. And he got it done. And that's 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 the biggest thing. Like, not crushing and crumbling under that pressure. I mean, we saw Danny Kent try not to win a world championship a few years ago in Moto3. It was it was painful to watch. And when he won that, I thought, he'll never win another thing in his life. And guess what? He's never won another thing in his life. Um, but good for him for being a world champion because that's really what matters. But I think Acosta deserved the championship. I am I'm excited to see the test and what he does on a Moto2 bike and see... If he can come in and be just as good on that Moto2 bike as he was on the Moto3 bike, because the true measure to me of great riders is they come in, and there's definitely a learning curve, but they will have good results in their first year. They'll get it figured out. Um, and the exception to that rule was Joan Mir. Mir didn't have a good rookie season at all in Moto2. His second year, he started to come good. But it, it took over a year. But let's see what Acosta does. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see him on a Moto2 bike. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's talk about the... I, you've got some thoughts about the FIM and the Bender disqualification. Now, Bender was disqualified for his role in the accident that took Faji out. My takeaway from that is, number one, uh, there's no consistency with the FIM. But what is consistent? Well, no, I take that back. They're usually, they're very inconsistent. But what is consistent about them is that if 
if the incident decides a race or a championship, they go way overboard. Yeah. And that's uh, what they do. Cause we saw it with a girder too. A girder, his move was, a, was aggressive. It wasn't great, but it wasn't egregious where he was endangering another rider. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it, it, yeah. It, and this one was a bit more aggressive when you hit somebody in the side, that's a bit different. Well, when you're not leaned over, so, but go ahead and tell me what you think about it. I like how you asked my opinion and you kept going. So, <laughs> listen, because I really don't want your opinion. This is the Jason show. Everybody yeah, knows yeah. it. Everyone's here for you. I got it. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't. I can't do anything but echo. You know. You know. You and I had a short. Conversation. Well, not to sidebar. Not to sidebar. Yeah, you and I had a short conversation last night about it. Um, and, and again, the FIM. Um, I'll go on record to say, you know, because obviously we had the big debate about Darren Bender, and 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 everyone knows that I'm a Darren Bender supporter, um, and I'm not backing away from that because I will absolutely say that I do think that Darren Bender deserved a penalty in this situation. Um, he made oh, an overambitious, sure. yeah. He made an overambitious uh, move. Um, it it cost a it cost someone a championship. It cost a, a rider um, uh, a race finish. You know. Um, let's throw the points out the window for a second. Let's not talk about the the fact of who the who was involved, because at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. What matters is that you made an aggressive pass that resulted in a crash that could have injured another rider. That's 100%. what matters to me. So, and the problem I have with it though is uh, we've seen the same, essentially the same crash. Um, like you said, he kind of t- he t-boned Foggia, so it's a bit more egregious than. Um, than what uh, Dominic Agurter did. It's a bit more aggressive than what happened with Remy Gardner and Mizano with uh, uh, Chantra, I believe. Um, yes. It's a little yep. bit more aggressive than um, Pedro Acosta with Artigas this year. Yep. But none of those other riders were, were blatantly disqualified from a race. To me, the inconsistency in the penalty and the directed mm, favoritism, I think, that's shown uh, to some riders over others. Well, he's not Spanish. Exactly. He's not Spanish or Italian. Yeah. No, and usually it's Spanish. The Spanish riders very rarely get penalized, and, and I've talked about it with Mark Marquez for years and years. Yeah, like I, I really have, and, and and so you're right. And, and um, I completely think that that Pedro Acosta deserved a penalty when he took Artigas out. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Remy Gardner received a penalty when he took. He Chantra sure did. Out. You, you know, and he, and he's I do not a, think he's not Darren a Spaniard. Bender, I, I do think that th- this penalty for Darren Bender should have been a um, a pit lane start from next race. I, I think that that. Um, is enough to uh, to have ruined the you know his race in Valencia. Darren Bender is is typically not fast by himself. You know he's he's aggressive at the front when he knows that he does have the pace. He'll do what he can to stay in front and make make moves under you know under braking. But but I don't think Darren Bender he's not a breakaway rider like someone like Romano Fernandi, uh, Dennis Foggia, or Pedro you know Pedro Acosta is. Sure. He, he's sure. not a breakaway yeah. rider. Um, so uh, I do think that a pit lane start is enough to ruin Darren Bender's race. Um, I don't think a a disqualification from one of the better races that he's had this year 
um, fits this penalty. I, I don't agree with it. Right. Well, we know that the FIM isn't going to penalize you if nobody falls, no matter what. Um, and if you're a Spanish rider, just do whatever you want. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, and the, unfortunately for Darren, he's not. And somebody, and two people fell. So they were really mad because both the people that fell were, uh, one was a Spaniard and one was an Italian. And they were not having it. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is the, it's the world we live in with the FIM. I, I think if you were surprised that an over-the-top penalty came from a non-Spanish rider, then I would just point you to watch more racing. You'll figure it out. Um, but it was it was dumb. But really, that you know, Pedro winning the, the world championship, so now he goes to Valencia. He can do whatever he wants, ride backwards, side saddle, whatever. It doesn't matter. And Pull through um, the pack, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, you know, just let everybody go in front of him and start at the back of the grid and try to win it. Whatever you want, man. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to Moto Two. <laughs> 